my! No my! Hi there, my! And welcome, welcome to, to Two Two Do Podcast with your host, Fine and Crave Kelder. On this episode of Two Two Do, we celebrate Mahuru Māori, mm. and uh, the slogan of the day is Kia kaha ki te kōrero i te reo Māori. Um, yeah, kia kaha at speaking te reo Māori. Wow. Encourage the uh, use of our beautiful language throughout the whole of September and not just one week or not even just one month throughout your daily life. So tēnā koutou e te whānau no mai, piki mai kake mai ki tā mātou kōrero. Uh, how are you? I'm good, my brother. It's good to be in a lovely month like Māuru Māori mm. to be able to be exposed properly to our, our beautiful Indigenous language here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And no better way to start off this uh, month than by coming back to the roots of just having us two in our original tūru. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to have. It's nice to be back. Nice to be back. And brother, what's what's so significant about this Māuru Māori this year? Do you know? Well, this year marks the 50th anniversary year that the Māori petition was signed and sent to Parliament to officially recognise our native language, Te Reo Māori. Am I right or am I right? Yes, you are 100% correct, my brother. And let's remember, over 30,000 people signed that petition Mm. in 1972. Mm. And then what else happened during those years, my brother, back in 1972 for for Māori to develop into where it is today? Why don't you tell the people where whore? Ah, I see. The pass-off, the pass-off. <laughs> Later in 1972, the first the Māori Language Day mm. was held. And then that extended into Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, the mm. Māori Language Week in 1975. Wow, how quickly things develop. And now we got, although uh, Māori Language Week, Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori is still the thing that we have today, Mahuru Māori is slowly developing into the massive monster that we have today. Mm. Where it's not one week, not one day, but one full month devoted for passionate Reo Māori speakers to to revitalise their proficiency in our beautiful language. And to teach those who aren't versed with Reo Māori the basics and perhaps to instil a passion for learning and encouraging its use. Kia ora, kia ora. katoa. I just want to go back to um, ra, the roots of um, Reo Māori being recognised naturally. We only had a day after 30,000 signatures after fighting for so long. We started off with one nationally recognised day. That's a whole 24 hours. 24 hours um, to encourage the use of our lovely language. Now, um, I don't know about you, but in 24 hours, you can't really say a lot. Well, you can, but um, there really isn't enough time in a day to... Celebrate Te Reo Māori And usually after a celebration day Oh it just blows over Then it got moved out to a week Which is what the majority of New Zealand knows now That we have seven whole days Mm. Seven whole days to celebrate our language And now we have a month But Is it enough? Is it enough here Hua? That's a genuine question That's not a rhetorical one I feel like it's It's very similar to how Um I, I reflect on um, February in America, which is also Black History Month. Mm. Why do we restrict ourselves to just a month, my not, brother? And not even a month, the shortest month. Mm. Mm. We should be, we shouldn't, this may be the month where we can highlight it, but this doesn't mean it's just the only month where we can use it. Mm. We got 12 other months. 
we've got an infinite amount of years. Well, limited to how long you're alive. But anyway, uh, we need to keep pushing it, keep using it, keep using our languages. We don't want it to fade away and whimper mm. and, and turn into ash. We need to appreciate it and love the languages that we have. Not just Te Reo Māori, but there are many other languages that are in less privileged positions that we are. They have 50 years... Oh, they were in the same position. Oh, they're in the same position today as we were fifty years ago. Mm. We need to not only be the position, the po, for us to uplift our own, but we need to be also the loving brother or sister to uplift those around us. Mm, we need to recognize that we are in a really good position where we could say we got a full month, but we need to acknowledge that there's some people that wish that they had a day. Mm. So we got to go out there, reach our hands out there, and say. Let's work out together. Yes. That's beautifully said, beautifully said. To give support to those who are um, bringing up for the 24 hours, the seven days, or even the month. Kia ora, kia ora. Um, being, being an episode about Mahuru Māori, my bro, I want to bring us back to our um, experiences beginning in the realm of Te Reo Māori. Um, so, e hoa, I know you've got a rocky one, but have come to um, a stance where you are correct me if I'm wrong, comfortable in understanding te reo and um, getting into strengthening mm. your reo. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, so we, we'll just uh, we'll just touch base with everything. So I wouldn't, I, I know damn well I'm not a proficient speaker. Mm. I'm unlike my colleague too, opposite from me. But um, I, I am a lovely indulger. I love, I love surrounding myself even though I am not completely aware of what everyone's saying. And um, to, to some point, that's also, that's almost like a tall poppy syndrome for me because I'm the one that doesn't know what you're saying, but everyone else around me does. And then that, that uh, signifies some people to shoot me down sometimes because it's like, why aren't you, why aren't you speaking? Why don't you understand? Why don't you know what they're saying? But um, anyway, that's um, that tall poppy syndrome kind of idea has um, been somewhat, uh, a part throughout my life when learning to reo Māori. You see, when I was younger, um, I was exposed to our beautiful culture, our beautiful heritage, our beautiful reo. But I, I never was exposed to being taught it. I never had um anyone to teach me what exactly the things meant, what the words they were saying mean. And um, but over time, my my karawa was able to teach me beautiful karaki and all that. But the thing was, once again, I wasn't able to fully comprehend what I was saying, but I know what I was, like, I know how to pronounce it, and I can pull them off the top of my head today and be able to say it comfortably. But then as I proceed further into my high school age, my, my youthful age, I was um, under, I was really wanting to push myself. I was like, yeah, it's time to learn te reo Māori. It's time to be able to um, converse with my colleagues around me. And then eventually when I went to my first high school, um, I was exposed to a very uh, interesting position because uh, I walked into my first ever Te Reo Māori class and, uh, <coughs> and the first thing that the, the learned teacher said is, uh, if you can't speak Te Reo Māori, get up. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a learning, I'm a, one, a willing to learn Māori student that doesn't understand the Reo and the first thing I hear is to piss off because I can't speak it, cool. Mm. And um, from then on, I had a very negative outlook towards a lot of um, Maori Maori speakers and Maori teachers because if if they're not willing to support people that are so interested, why should I care about it? Te Reo Maori 
since uh, from then, I just yeah had a very negative look, but it wasn't it wasn't like blatant. Like I wasn't saying I hate hate being Maori and all that, but it's just that I would be reluctant to expose myself mm. to it. But eventually, over time, once I went to my third high school, um, I was really exposed to it. Where it was, where unlike my first high school, Maori wasn't so significant. It wasn't so highly recognised where it was in my first one. So that's when I said, actually, I need to get over myself with um, my negative reluctance towards Te Reo Maori and actually put myself in there. And then over. Over those years, up until now, I've been continuing continuing to push myself, and I've been exposed to some lovely teachers who don't have that negative outlook. Of I won't teach you if you don't already know. They're the ones that'll be there. Like I'm there every step of the way. Oh, you can't pronounce it. Cool. We'll run. We'll run through lessons. We'll do whatever. We'll make sure that you can do it. Mm. And um, over that time period, I was like. I'm very grateful to have the people that have taught me to the position where I'm at today. I'm I'm not like a a white corridor speaker or like a lot of the colleagues that we've had on our on our podcast, but uh, I'm just really privileged to say that I'm not as reluctant anymore. I will step out of my comfort zone and uh, try and say some more to our Maori, and that is a part of the Maori Maori mentality. It's to get out there and even. If you can't say much, just at least saying a word a day and slowly building up from there a word a day to a sentence a day to a full conversation a day to eventually uh, just a full month of corridor. So, yeah, that's my real journey, really. Mm. Just um, it's gone from exposed to it to being kicked out virtually to slowly realising that me getting kicked out wasn't a bad thing. It was that he wanted to, to mould the best and I know I wasn't the best at the time because I had nothing. Mm. So I just needed to find the position where I can become, like, can enter the door because I think I entered the wrong door. That's all. Mm. And um, yeah, and it's it's a it's a very interesting thing when it comes to uh, a lot of people learning to real Maori because we may be getting pushed through the wrong doors when they may be <coughs> expecting us to be at a completely different level when actually we're we may be two steps behind or we may be three steps above. We just need to um, ensure that we're going to one safe space where everyone's treated fairly and if someone's at a disadvantage, they could be picked up to be equal to their peers. Mm, Whereas my, my individual, my, my peer, my brother, I know that you had a very different story to mine. So expose expose our listeners to your life story and your te reo journey. Yeah, I, I did have a different story. I was unfortunate... Um, to not experience the um, the life of a fully immersed uh, Maori student at Rotorua High or Rokura, um, nor was I um, exposed to a lot of Maori tonga in my schooling. Um, but I'm, I say a lot as in comparing it to Kura Kopapa Maori, Whare Kura, um, all those kind of jams. Um, but I was lucky enough to have a, a real tutor who was passionate about instilling his students with the knowledges of Te Reo Māori. Um, I'm going to name him because he began my real journey. Um, his name is uh, Rawiri Hoirara Senior. Uh, <laughs> um, old boy at Tauti, old head boy at Tauti College, might I add. Um, yeah, he was the very first Te Reo Māori tutor. 
um, for me that really started this journey. Um, and he did so um, because he was our kapahaka tutor. He was our kapahaka tutor at college for secondary schools. That group is called Ngawaya Mana Whenua. If any of you are watching, kia ora. Um, big love for that kapahaka group. It was the first competitive kapahaka group I ever joined. And that was the group that um, allowed me to be passionate about my language. Anyway, but that's another story. Um, moving on through him, he taught me the basics, taught me the basics. And um, I had the courage enough to use them throughout my life at school, throughout the year 19, 11, blah, blah, blah. Um, to the point where I got cocky. I got really cocky with my reo because I started thinking, I'm the man because our our college didn't have a lot of um, fluent real speakers. I think at one point in time we had out of 500 600 students we had three fluent real speakers at our school, um, consisting of my Fanonga Maddie Smith, um, another tutor who came from another student who came from Otaki, and myself. Now I say fluent. But not really. I mean, we, we, were, we were strong enough to hold conversations down on the pipeline to do karanga, all that jazz. Um, but yeah, throughout my college life, I went I went through three um, tutors. Matua Rawadi was the first, Kia ora Matua. Um, the second one was Matua Aaron Smith from Ratana. Uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a Ratana boy, um, I believe. And he kind of picked our language up. He picked up the experience for us. He started teaching us how to do mihi on the marae, how to do karakia, how to do karanga, how to uphold tikanga. Um, and he was also a mean kaihaka too and a fat swimmer. He was a mean swimmer. Um, he was a lifeguard, I believe, at um, the Levin Pools. And I didn't know that um, until he came into our, our uh, classroom and started teaching te reo. And I was like, hey, I, I recognise you, you're a lifeguard. But anyway, I digress. My final te reo Māori speaker at college, oh, this fella was the man. Um, his name was Matua Tiwana, Matua Tiwana Tibu. Oh, mate, this fella could speak reo like, like a poet, man. He knew Mauraku handy as too, and he taught us that he introduced Mauraku into our school for NCEA credits. And uh, I'm, I must admit, I've got to thank you for those 30 Mauraku credits <laughs> as well. Jeez, 30. <laughs> as well as the 30 uh, Kapahaka credits that we got too. Yeah, so that, that was, that was uh, mucho grande. Thank you. Um, yeah, and then from there, I had a. I, Matua Tiwana was the one who was gave me the confidence to go in and um, he told me, I, I want to enroll you into some more advanced um, real tests, real assignments. And I was like, okay, sweet. And I didn't realise how um, how good I could learn te reo Māori until this tutor came along. Um, he helped me with competing for the first time at Ngamonu Kōrero in Te Reo Māori. Granted, I did come last, <laughs> but that's okay. My 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 impromptu was trash. <laughs> but my and but my English was my prepared was alright. My prepared was all good. Um and yeah, if it wasn't for Matua one I wouldn't have the calibre back then that I thought I had. Um when I was writing my speech, he really he really made me go from Oh yep, I like this. To um, this particular thing um, hailed to me as its splendor. 
um, attaches itself to me in terms of making something sound so meager and um, plain to making something sound so good. Um, and then obviously, yeah, I hit uni, I started learning deal, and uh, now I think I'm better, but I'm not as good as you as you say I am. Nowhere near as good as you say. I'm still a lot to learn, and I still muck a lot of stuff up. I'm especially grammatically. Matuati Motikare to was once quoted um, saying that he that stink grammar over stink pronunciation annoys him more. So I still fuck up a lot of grammar stuff, but still learning, still learning. Mm. And uh, now that you bring up all these cool stories, I think I've got a couple stored away in my memory bank. Oh yes, there was um. This was probably one of this was the pinnacle of when I said to myself, "I need to learn my real." So, I'll set the scene, Fano. So, Fano, I set the scene. 2017 Nationals Manu Corridor in New Plymouth at TSB Arena across the road from New Plymouth Boys High School. Mm. It was the second day. It was a cloudy day, and it was just when it went to break. So everyone was just off stage, and everyone was going out to have a kai. And me and my colleagues at the time, so I was a seventh former year 13, and um, me and my colleagues were out there having a kai. And we were all all in this all in this circle. And we were kind of in the way of one of the food trucks at the time. And um, <coughs> it was clear that some people wanted to, thought we were in line. So there was a matua. He was, he was very slender, tall, uh, Maori, Maori speaking, but looked fair skinned. And I can't remember where he's from, and I've never met him again. But he tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around, clearly being respectful, and he spoke to me in Te Reo Māori. I was gobsmacked. I didn't know what to say. I looked straight into his eyes and I didn't know what to say to him. And I think he, all he was asking is probably, are you in line? But he was asking in Te Reo Māori and my proficiency levels were clearly just up the whack because I didn't know what the hell he said. <laughs> and I just stared at him the whole time. And then he said... He answered in English, oh, I guess not. <laughs> and then walked past me. And then that was the moment there because I was so embarrassed that I couldn't even say yes or no to a simple are you in line. Uh. And that fucked me up, bro. Like, like just one sentence. That Shout out to that person there because I don't think I'll ever meet you again or if I do and I remember you, I would like to thank you because you were my wake-up call. One sentence of asking, are you in line? Is all I needed to say, actually, fuck, I, I better step up my game. Mm. And um, But before that, when I was talking about fostering individuals that are not proficient into feeling com- and that comfortable in a space, when I was in my third high school, I was exposed to a lovely Māori teacher. His name was Bevan Martini. Kia ora matua, Bev. And did he's from the Waiti, Waitara. <laughs> up the Waitara. When I, when I first began... At uh, my third high school, he just got in, like he just begun at that high school as well. And mm. being from the big dub T Waitara, there were some people that he already knew because they come from Waitara to go to my third high mm. school. And um, he was a, he was a lovely Maori teacher, and he really did foster that positive energy for for unconfident Maori speakers to be able to converse or attempt to at least. Mm. And um, that was the teacher that I kind of needed to be like this is a safe space for me to enter into this realm. And then when I was exposed to that, that simple story with that teacher asking me um, if I was in line, it's when I finally said to myself, yeah, I need to stop fucking around and actually start learning my language because 
because me being reluctant is just going to keep making me into these situations and looking stupid. Mm. And that's a good segue into a, um, something I want to talk about um, is Kiwaha and Fakatoki, bro. And what you just said made me think of this Fakatoki that my that my tutor instilled in me that you embody, that you embody that they're very important time. And it goes like this. That that one means um, I am the barrier for my permission, or holding my permissions back from coming true. Um, and it really points out that only there's only yourself to blame if um, if what you're trying to achieve doesn't come through. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that that puts that puts me at a good reminder of what. Of um, that kiwaha And what I want to know from you bro Is if during that time During your real journey If you've picked up any kiwaha or whakatoki That really resonates with you um, I really haven't picked up any whakatoki or kiwaha If I be honest Because I'm very bad at calling things off the top of my head mm. uh, Especially in te reo Māori But um, I think <clears throat> I think one corridor that I've learned Which is an English one Is persistence drives excellence Ooh Say it so again. persistence drives excellence. Kia ora. So like if you if you remain persistent, like the ten thousand hour theory, if you remain doing something for ten thousand hours, you'll eventually master it. Mm. So if I remain persistent in my real journey and keep reading books, keep being exposed to Wakaoya interviews or or listening to Maori TV, listening to couples and all that, then I can eventually start picking up on the ideas and the idioms, the corridor over time. But like as as in it was in its natural state state per se, because it was an oral language, so it had to be orally taught. Mm-hmm. You couldn't write it down, or if it was written down, it was in a very artistic method. Mm-hmm. So being able to expose myself listening to it orally and being able to pick up the the language structures over time through that method has allowed me to persist on. But the main thing is is understanding vocab because um I find that the Te Reo Māori vocabulary is very um <coughs> is very detailed but like very interesting detailed like mm. when you break the kupu down from my experience it's very artistic it's very poetic as you were saying with your teacher uh and because of that it's made a very like I can relate to it more when someone breaks the real down to say okay this thing this word if you break down why order why is like water order is like health and all that so this is why that means why order and i'm like whoa yeah yeah i can get that now it's it's the the maori language is very easy to learn when it's broken down orally to you in that way i agree that it's easy to learn i really do agree um, I find it actually a lot easier, even though I'm speaking English right now, I find it a lot easier to learn Te Reo than I do to learn English. Um, and I say that because Te Reo Māori, the sounds of the vowels, they have one fucking sound. One. A, E, E, or an U. English vowels. Lord have mercy, they have a lot of freaking... Um, a lot of different rules because it's based off old English and it has influences from Latin, old French, and a lot of the other European languages. Whereas New Zealand, Maori, our languages is influenced by the Austro-Polynesian language family. Mm. So a lot of like, well, I think I may have got that wrong, but it's like Cook Island Maori, 
Tahitian, Samoan, Tongan, Kiripa, um, Tuvalu, all those languages are all a part of the Austro-Polynesian f- um, family language. So like all of them share similarities. That's why if you you were to travel across the Polynesian, or oh, the Pacifica Islands, so uh, you'll be able to somewhat converse. That's why if you remember, there was a corridor with Tupaya, mm. how he was able to conversate with a lot of our Polyne- uh, Pacifica brothers and sisters because we share the same family, language family. Mm, interesting, interesting. Mm. Now I see a lot of people doubting on um, what we were just talking about about how it's probably easy to speak real. I want to give you an example, okay? The U vowel in English. How do you say it? U. Right. P U T. What does that say? That says put. Uh huh. Yet the vowel Ooh. is said U. Mm. So wouldn't it be pute? Mm. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. C-U-T, what does that say? Cut. Yet, but if you've got P-U-T, it's put. put. So wouldn't cut be cut? Mm. Or if we're saying you, wouldn't it be cute? Here's here's another one. Out. Mm. O-U-T. Out. Out. That's the only one that kind of has you. But if that was the case, wouldn't cut be count? Wouldn't put be pelt? If you were to teach an alien English of one, based off of one word, they'd get confused quite a bit. Mm. Whereas in te reo Māori, it's just aiyou, baby. Aiyou. I love language. Mm. Language is so beautiful no matter what culture or country you go to. Mm. Being able to understand someone's someone's um culture and heritage and perspectives, especially mm. through language, because language is the first barrier you pass before you become a friend. I found Ooh, because um, I was recently, I was recently. Ex- this is a whole different tangent. I was recently exposed to a man. His name is Bolden Bankrupt on Bolden Bankrupt on YouTube. Um, so he's an Englishman that trav- that loved the Soviet Union controversial corridor. Um, and so he learned Russia, and then he travelled around the Soviet countries and spoke Russian. And from that experience, him learning Russian. He was able to go to all these different countries and be able to speak to them. Mm. So it's almost like if we apply it to our circumstances, if we're able to learn Te Reo Māori, we're able to approach people that are able to speak that language and instantly break a barrier that would initially be the language barrier. So being able to cross that path and be able to speak in someone else's tongue, simple as saying kia ora, it's able to build and foster a more kind of comfortable relationship between the two people regardless on who their background is mm. that's why language is beautiful and do you know what else is beautiful my brother what to go along with maori maori what's better than the people that speak it mm. who are some significant people amongst our community that speak te reo maori well let's make the obvious Dr. Timothy, kia ora. Um, mo tō mahi uh, ki te whakaora i tā tātou reo rangatira. Um, me ngā tikanga o te reo. Um, Tēnei te mihinui ki a koe. He is the, uh, the CEO of sorts, or one of the CEOs of Te Pane Kiretanga, um, o te reo Māori, which one could translate to as the apothesis, the apothesis of te reo Māori. The apothesis, sorry, of te reo Māori. Apothesis being the the top tier of all tiers um and alongside him is a fellow tutor of our a fellow tutor of ours um dr Paul Teamara, 
who you have had the honour of being um, one of his students, have you not? Yes, I've had the honour of being in two of his classes, one of them, quite funnily, a language class. Uh, te Reo Aure, or Māori 316, more commonly known as, mm. and it's the poetry class. Mm. Yeah, and wow, man, he is, like, you can see why some people just highly recognise him and why he's recently achieved all these high achievements that were like probably 50 years ago would have never been thought of it's um i was so, i'm so privileged to be able to be exposed to members of our society more specifically our maori society that have made an impact and have been recognized appropriately on a national level mm. yeah. and um as as our colleague over here says i'm his favorite student because of that one class <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, you did get one hundred. Uh, so um, um, another another person that we haven't highlighted yet, um, which is uh, Temurimara John Moorfield. Mm. See, um, I was never exposed to um, his his efforts that he did with Te Reo Māori and all that, but I remember, I remember on a on a very rainy twenty eighteen day after he passed, he came to. Um, he came to the University of Waikato and um, he, he laid in state here for for a moment and I was privileged enough to be a part of the uh, the uh, parking community to make sure everyone parked in the right spot. But just seeing all these significant people from across the country being able to come over and support this man because of what he did in our community, just nami. Like the, these people has, have shed blood, sweat and tears for a language to be here for us and um i don't think we give enough gratitude to those people at all not enough so um and also to those who we haven't um we haven't listed off yet so there are many of you there are so many of you that it'll take us probably days to list you off but you know who you are heck yeah like that that's the that's the most difficult thing about naming people because there's so many significant names in the Te Reo Māori, like verse that we can't we 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 may forget one or two or more, which is like it's upsetting because we don't know how significant they were in our community for them to be able to do what they did mm. because we may forget someone from say Teo Pauri or Ngaito and because of their influence they are able to revitalize the Te Reo in their area and. Just, just in general, we got to highlight all those people and acknowledge them because without them, we wouldn't know where we would be today without you. Would it be extinct? We don't know. So we just got to appreciate everyone and say thank you, for the money that you did. Mm. Mm. And to those, and to those of this generation now, keep fighting the good fight, keep our alive. Even if people are uncomfortable with it, make them uncomfortable um, and just shove it in their face. Normalise the use of our language because at the end of the day, um, our language um, is our strength, as one song would say. Our language is our strength, an ornament of grace. Mm. So, um, yeah, kia kaha ki te kōrero, ki te reo Māori, bro. And my brother, you just highlighted it then. Because we've, we've, we've been talking about the influences that the previous generations have on what Te Reo Māori is today. What do you think our generation's influence will be mm, on tomorrow's generation? A, a very good part, I, a mean part, I actually. Um, 
Judging by the current trend of how this generation works, bro, I think, to be honest, bro, I would love to see Aureo, this is going to be very controversial, I would love to see Aureo normalised, wait for it, <coughs> in the metaverse. Yes. What yes. is the metaverse? Well, <laughs> in Tao Meta. Um, the metaverse is a um, a virtual reality, yeah, a virtual reality world, which is really weird for me to say because I'm probably not going to ever be in there. But um, yeah, I'd love to see the real um, utilized in there, and I'd also love to see the real Maori used in business commerce. Mm. I'd love to see how um, how English, Spanish, how. Uh, how Hindi and Mandarin are used across the entire world for business. I'd love to see Te Reo Māori on the same pedestal, if not higher. Mm. Mm. Well, mm. like I feel, I'm gonna take it from a different angle because um, the then for the insurance of Māori culture to be upheld correctly, mm. I feel that it needs to be provided in the same way that we were taught it mm. through oral stories, but. Obviously, we cannot speak to everyone in the world because there's 7 billion plus people in the mm -hmm. world. So how else we do it? We do it through media. Mm. And there is like large media out there, so like providing books or, or the things that I'm trying to highlight is through film and media and through video games. I, I specifically point out video games because... I, um, I, I am a gamer myself. I indulge in it. And Come more on. specifically, I've been... I've been watching, there was a video on YouTube where this man from New Zealand highlighted every time New Zealand ever got referenced. And it's quite cool that a lot of the references from early 2000s were quite outdated. Like the the Scar of Cree, which was a game that was pretty pretty useless, but it was um, loosely Im influenced by Māori culture. But mm. whereas today, if anyone plays Civilization VI, there's, um, it's a game where you can play as different leaders from different historical times and then you try and become the best leader. There's a leader in there and his name is Kupe because he's the Maori culture. And even like their influences in the game, which like makes um, Kupe unique, is that like there's Haka, there's Haka during, during the game because the game's a very long one. Like the background music they're playing, um, they're singing Wakari on my end. And um, they're doing kamate when you're in a battle and all that. So they're, they're, they're getting the right team in. And then if anyone plays Apex Legends, more specifically, there's a character called Mad Maggie. She just came out two seasons ago. Mm -hmm. And she is voiced by a Maori speaker. And during the game, you're, they're equips, which is also quotes. And like, so she's like saying, Kia mana wa nui, kia kaha e hama, and then kia ora, and then ngā mihi se. She's saying all this te reo Maori. And even... Upon release, there was a skin. So, like, you know, in games, you can have the default skin of the character, but her skin was a Maori skin, and it was drawn up by a Maori artist. And so, it's got like a, a green ponamu. She's got a mokokowai that actually looks good. And then she, I forgot what it's called, like the head pieces, the, uh, the, the whale. Heru. Yeah, the heru. And then, like, like she's got other cool designs, like, like her bag's like a full, like, of Hokkaido, and then, mm. and like she's like covered in row, like her like necklines, row. It's me. These are ways where we can slowly push our push our narrative in a positive light and in a correct light mm. upon 
other individuals, not forcefully, but to say, we're here as well. Mm. And we're not like how we are in the, the Scarf Cree or whatever that PS2 game was. Um, this is how we actually look. Mm. This is how our people actually sound. And speaking of being correct, being represented correct, I want to look at something. I saw something on a TikTok a while ago. Um, uh, but it was it was another podcast, another podcaster. I can't remember their names. I'm sure they're lovely, but they got one thing incorrect: how to pronounce the word Maori. Have you seen it? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so um, here's here's the clip. Right, so um, for those of you who who um, aren't watching and are thinking via the Spotify, it's pretty much um, um, this Pacifica Fano um, on this podcast uh, on this Maori podcast, another Maori podcast, and they're being taught how to correctly say Maori. Um, just for all of you out there, that it's spelled M A O R I, and there's a tohuto or a macron on the A. Maori, Maori. Um, however. This podcaster was teaching them to say Mao. Maori. Um, I just want to, for anyone out there, um, if you're watching this podcast, I love your podcast, um, but just. Maori. 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 Um, and while I'm at it, actually, I remember when I used to work at BP, I used to speak Maori all the time to my customers. And this lovely Pacifica lady came up, and I was like, Kia ora. And she goes and she laughs. This is just out of it as moment. She laughs in my face and says, It's not Kyoda, it's Kyora. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, it's no, it's actually Kyoda. Um, yeah, it's K I A O R A. And she's like, Oh, it's a. And got a real embarrassment. I was like, No, it's all good. I'm just, it's actually Kyoda. The reason why I asked that, bro, is I want to know if you've had any opportunities where you have int- where you have engaged with someone who knows how to speak Te Reo Māori, but you know they're wrong. Well, I can't really say I have because once again, re-highlighting my, historic, my history, that I wasn't proficient enough to be able to know when someone was right or wrong. Mm. So I can't really say, oh... It's actually Wano. When I know damn well where I'm from, we say Wano, but you say Fano. Mm. So I can't really say I know what I'm saying. You know, I know you're wrong because because of that one difference there. But that's um that's a completely isolated difference because what you brought up was small pronunciation, whereas my one was a was a dialect difference. Have you ever been in a situation where you're around Te Reo Māori speakers who think you don't know how to speak it and they talk shit about you? No, but I know of a lot of... Un- I think I have been in that position. I think I have been in that position where someone have talked shit about me in a, complete, a completely different real because I don't know what the hell they're saying. And it's not even just a Maori thing as well. If you look online, there are people that are exposed to the same thing. Like a, like a person will be speaking French in front of them or they're in an Italian country and find out that the person that they're talking shit of in front of also speaks French. Like, like uh, it's 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 fucking stupid. Mm. <laughs> like, it's it's well applying it back to our context. Context, it's quite demoralizing, especially if you think that they're talking shit about you. Because, like, once again, goes back to my my story when I was in my first high school. Why the fuck do I want to learn this language when everyone's talking shit about me or when they don't want to teach me? It's um, it's not a supportive like space. It's not. 
that's not manaki tanga. That's mm. I don't know what is it. Wakaiti tanga. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Wakaiti. Yeah. 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 So like, how do you foster a warm space when you think mm. everyone's talking shit about you? But mm. then again, you need to also make sure that it may not be about you. It may not be talking shit at all. It may be just their personality. But um, talking about different personalities and conflict and all that. New Zealand's are currently in a very interesting situation where online people are colliding mentally with the use of te reo Māori being more and more pushed, and some people would say forcefully pushed upon their their daily consumption of media. Um, Harley, do you feel like that? That's, he uh, said Harley even. Oh, it's serious. Do you feel like that uh, we are forcefully pushing our real? No. No. No, because forcefully pushing our real would mean getting rid of English. Mm. Would mean getting rid of any other language that is opposed to real. Much like how colonization forced English and pushed out um, to real Māori. What I think we're doing is... Um, adding we're adding um we're adding to our maori and i think the big thing that people get um upset about is that they think we're replacing english with real and doing the old uno reverse card on them in this day and age but that's not the that's not the case that's not the case like it, do you know how hard do you know how actually difficult it would be to get rid of english it's probably on a scale from one to ten a solid eight a solid eight on difficulty or nine, really, because you've got, uh, I'm probably so wrong, probably about 75 to 80% of the world speak English. Um, that's a bold statement, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. let's lower those numbers. <laughs> 50 to 60% of the world uh, speak I think, English. I think even from what I've been made aware of, uh, in the United Nations, English is one of the primary languages to converse in whilst at, mm. and whilst at one of the conventions that they have. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't think we're forcing our language on anybody. Everybody has the option to learn it. It's not like we're saying, "Nah, fuck that." You have to learn this and not that. Um, which also brings me to the whole compulsory, um, real in schools thing. Um, I have been up and down about this opinion for a while. And I think to, I've come to the conclusion to the conclusion where I don't think making it compulsory in schools is going to work. Let me explain why before all of you get mad at me. Whenever a subject, whenever you have a compulsory subject, at more often than not, it's um, especially in mainstream schools, it turns into a chore. It turns into a class that you don't want to do. Um, but in saying that, making it compulsory would obviously have a lot of benefits. I mean, more and more people would be end up learning it. Um, but and I think that would be a case of where we begin not begin forcefully chucking it out. Not really, though. Um, we're gonna cut that. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. We're just going to cut that whole thing because that was a waste of time. Um, no, I, I don't think we are. Okay, so I'm actually, actually now I've got a very interesting corridor because we talk like on a political scale. Uh, scale, there's, scale. Yes, 
on the political scale, Snail. in New Zealand, we, we're very exposed <laughs> to like liberal, liberal left, conservative right. But there's one thing that we don't really consider, cultural conservatism. It's more specifically in Maori cultural conservatism. You mean like gatekeeping? No, oh, let me continue explaining it to you. Mm. See, I was a, I was told a narrative by one of my friends. There's a there's a kurakaupapa Maori that's um really significant. I can't really name it because I can't remember it. But um, what he told me is that if you were to enter the school with an English name, they would not call you by their English name. Yet they will give you a Maori name upon entry, and that will be the Ooh. only name you'll be given. And and a lot. A lot of people always say pro Māori, pro Māori, push Māori, 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 and um, people then forget that we there's also Māori conservatives, uh, Māori conservatism, where we it's as far right Māori. We try and keep it hard Māori, Māori, and um, we don't we're not open up to scrutiny from other perspectives, like a more progressive perspective. Do you feel like that kind of conservative Māori mentality? will be a positive impact on our community? Mm, interesting. Um, I think it has its strengths and weaknesses. Um, yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's a good question, wasn't it? <laughs> hey? Fuck, that's a mean question. Um, here we go. And to our listeners out there, that's a question for you. And if you have any answers or for Carl that you would like to share to us, hit us up on our Instagram at 22 Podcast. Kia ora. Okay. So we're going to scrub that then. Hey, I've got a more lighthearted question. Thank fuck. Fuck, I wish you were going to answer that. I reckon that was a good one too. <laughs> it was a good one, bro. But I didn't have the incapability to answer it. Oh, good. So, well, we can finish up soon. we got to finish on something light. Do you got something light? Yeah, a question. Yeah, what you got? <coughs> Um, how would you want to see Te Reo Māori taught? Oh, and, and I'm thinking a new way that it hasn't already been. Well, it's it's quite hard to say a new way because there's so many. We can't really say a new way because it's already been done before by someone else, like a thousand years ago. Like, if you're wanting to say somewhere unique, clearly it's probably through the metaverse or through online media, mm. like um. Even saying that, that's already been done. Like they've already, there's a program on Minecraft and it's a Māori, it's a Māori teaching program for young students to be able to be exposed to Māori, Māori culture, but through Minecraft. And um, I forgot the initiative and I apologise to the leader, but I've watched all your stuff and it's really good because it, it shows that we're, they're still teaching people and it's still through a game, which as you were saying previously, um, if we made... If we made uh, Māori compulsory, it will become a chore. Whereas, generally, if you're playing a game, you're going to be learning from the things that happen around you. And it won't be as much of a chore. Mm. So, like, once again, it's very hard to l teach people a new way because it's already been done before. But it's it's not a new way. It's a more efficient way that you you would need. And I think the most efficient way is to is to... Be able to foster them into like a kurareo program. Although I've not been exposed to it from the colleagues that have told me about it, it's a very comfortable space. And it's set into like tears. Like if you're very learner, learner real, you can go there and they'll educate you on learner and then it'll go all the way up into like like proficient levels, like a th plus a thousand. Like you're up there. 
you got like your top 750 in New Zealand for real proficiency and like that's where they can foster you and I think that's the best method because not only you're being amongst your peers that are on your same real level but also you're being surrounded by people that are above you or below you depending on where you are so you can see where everyone's at and know that you're not alone on this journey there are other people here with you it's not just you Mm. Chair, good answer, bro. Good point. Anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap it up? Before we wrap it up, I feel like the main thing that we need to mm-hmm. highlight here, and is that regardless of this being Te Reo Māori month, Māori Māori Te Reo Te Reiki or Te Reo Māori, is that just go out there and learn language, because language is beautiful. Mm. Mm. No matter what language it is, be it Te Reo Māori, be it English, Mandarin, Turkish, German, language is beautiful. And also going off of that, whatever language you have, especially if it's even real, just go out there and speak it. I said it the other day on our last episode, he reo ora, he reo kōrero, our spoken language is a living language. So regardless of whether you've got, regardless of whatever language you are learning, go out there and speak it to people, even if you think they don't know. Or if they do know, because you never know how surprised you'll be to strike up a conversation with someone who is on the same language journey as you. Especially to those learning te reo Māori. Go out there and speak it, regardless if it's a month or the week. You might just find that you'll find someone rowing the same waka and the same awa as you. Mm. And before we close, I just got one, one beautiful quote here. And it is, Learning is a treasure that will follow its owner everywhere. So far, no. I'm Crave. That's fine. Steen's not here. Shame. <laughs> and two, 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 Tina. Tina. two, 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 two,